Hello and welcome back to Tag Talk. I'm Haley. That's <laughs> Kylie. Um, and today we're doing a little bit of something different. It's like a twin switch, very Bella Twins. Um, but Kylie forgot her computer and her sisters, so I have been delegated hosting duties today. Um, I'm very scared, very nervous. I've never hosted a live stream before, but I think it's going to be great. But please bear with me. <laughs> Send her lots of super chats to support. <laughs> yeah, but we have a lot of things to talk about today. A lot of bad, a lot of good. And personally, I think that we should get the bad out of the way. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I want to show off my new tattoos. Oh, yes, you did get two new tattoos on I Friday got, the 13th. Oh, two new little tattoos. Birds. I got two little birds. Aren't they cute? I was very oh, proud of them. So it's very, It's very Harry Styles. I'm also very, very tired. I'm very sleep deprived. I have natural unstyled hair. I have an iced coffee. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to talk. We're going to start with all the drama we figured because we, we get it out of the way. <laughs> and then we can talk about the cool stuff like Jungle Hook and all of that. But we're going to do our best to talk about the drama without getting angry. And also... Um, we're, we're, we weren't going to talk about it, but we're going to, we're going to give it, what's the word? Like our due, due diligence, mm -hmm. due diligence, that it's, word. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so where should we start? Um, I think we should start with Vince McMahon because I think this is like the big, big news of the week. And I've been learning a lot. I've been asking, um, People like like Raj Geary, Dave Bixenspan, like people who um, like Brandon Thurston, people who are like actually knowledgeable about this business stuff, uh, asking a lot of questions, learning a lot, really paying attention. So I really understand what's going on. And it's not just my emotions uh, feeding into this problem. So I have opinions on Vince McMahon. And I think we should start with that. Sounds good to me. Why don't you start it off? Since okay. Sounds idea. So one of the downsides of Tag Talk being on Monday is that like all the weekly news, like the midweek news, we can't cover until the next week, but it's fine. So basically, Vince McMahon, he forced his way back onto the board and it was people were like um, basically saying, oh, he's on the board. He's not in charge, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. But then he's executive chairman of the board now. Stephanie McMahon has retired. And got an ankle surgery, so I hope she's okay and doing well with that. As far as we know, Triple H is still in charge of creative. I don't know how long it's going to last because um, Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer, I think it was yesterday, it might have been today, um, that Vince is back in his office, which he hadn't been before, and he's making suggestions to things. And Triple H had said, it reportedly in the talent meeting, that... Um, he was talking creative with Vince McMahon, but he was still like the one with the final say. He was still the one in charge. So it's kind of like a weird situation now where WWE, Vince is in charge. He's still presumably um, pursuing the sale and like that's all he's there doing. But then we had Saudi Arabia drama. Mm -hmm. So... A few people have emerged as like potential buyers of WWE, and one of them is Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, um, which is basically their sports washing engine, where they can convince the world that they aren't human rights abusers, 
and that they do good things by sports, basically. And WWE, or specifically Vince McMahon, and Saudi Arabia have a good relationship because, you know, all the Saudi Arabia shows, they make a lot of money, Saudi Arabia has a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. So there is also now the looming threat that WWE could soon become an asset of the Saudi Arabian government. So that is also yikes to me. <laughs> I don't know about you, Haley. Um, absolutely. Uh, I think when the news dropped last week, Kylie and I had heard a lot of things. And personally, we were like, this is insane. Like, how crazy would that be? Like, and we were fully ready to never speak about WWE ever again. Um, but then as like more things started to come out with Vince and everything, um, I feel like it's kind of gotten a little buried. Um, yeah. Maybe not so much, but a lot of stuff has been coming out. Um, but like you said, presumably right now they're, he's still doing what he said he was going to do and help sell the company, but we know Vince and, uh, you know, I don't trust that. So, and it's, it's weird because Vince's power grab, uh, his desire to be back in control, whatever it is, is so intrinsically tied to the sale Mm -hmm. because, um, there, there's always the, you know, the idea that someone like Comcast or Disney, these like big entertainment empires would recognize that Vince McMahon maybe is not what's best for, you know, producing content. He's not the best one to figure that out. And maybe it is Triple H. But then you also have Saudi Arabia, who is notoriously and infamously behind on the times. There's the, you know, the Yokozuna story and all that sort of stuff. And they maybe they would want Vince McMahon in charge. And, you know, I don't know because I don't work at Comcast. I'm, I'm not Saudi Arabian. I'm certainly not Saudi Arabian royalty. But there's always that threat that if Saudi Arabia outbids Comcast and Disney and all these other people, would WWE be obligated to pursue that sale to appease shareholders? So that's like a big thing. So the moral of the story is submit a super chat and Fightful Overbooked will buy WWE. Um, Speaking of Haley, super chats, we do have a few. Oh, let's go. Um, Funding <laughs> the sale. <laughs> We've got our first dad joke of the day from Colby. Nice. Are you ready for this one? Because oh, you're yeah. you going to take on my role. Okay. Where do fruits go on vacation? Where do fruits go on vacation? No. Um, uh, Wisconsin? <laughs> What? Paris. Oh. <laughs> Wisconsin? I don't know. I, I'm like thinking like agriculture, like farmers. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. We have another super chat from oh. our friend Jackie. She's a super chat for Haley hosting. Hi to both. Hi, Jackie. We love Hi, you. Jackie. All right. Again, send your super chats and Fightful Overbooked. We're starting a fund to buy WWE. We're almost there. Oh, um, we've got another one. Ryan, Ryan, here we go. What happens to grapes when you step on them? They they whine. They turn into wine. You're reading it. I'm not reading it. Mm -hmm. Okay, they whine. Yes. 
Why? See, everyone in the chat agrees with me about Wisconsin. It's beer and cheese and fireworks. That's fruits. I mean, I guess, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of that that Bath and Body Works thing where the lady was like at Appleton Bath and Body Was it Appleton Bath and Body Works? Yes, I know the lady that you're talking about. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, we have another super chat. Funding the sales. We should change WWE to WTF. Seems more fitting. And you know what? That is a good point because what is going on? So Vince takes out three board members, puts himself and uh, Michelle Wilson and Barrios in there, and then two more resign. And now Stephanie's also gone. So that's six board members from WWE gone. And this is all happening within like a month, guys. Like we are happened even in the past week. (laughs) Yeah, we are speed running WWE's corporate evolution. And I'm not into it. And now there's reports like WWE wants a sale um, probably before the middle of the year because then it gives the new owner the ability to negotiate media rights and the new owner won't be stuck into media rights that aren't negotiated by them, Um, which is fair and I get it. But now it's like, oh, so we really are. We're like facing a sale. And it's weird to me because we spent like – I would say, like, since 2018, 2019, talking about the potential WWE sale, but we never really got anything concrete on it. And now all of a sudden it's like, boom, we're facing the sale. Oh, and also Vince McMahon is in charge. Oh, and also he maybe forced his daughter out. Oh, and also he's knocking on the door of creative while he's also being investigated for these heinous um, assault and harassment things. So, wow. (laughs) And speaking of Stephanie, Jackie says, imagine how trash of a human being you have to be your own daughter to peace out on you the minute that you come back, LOL. Yeah, especially because Stephanie's always been somebody that's been, so to speak, to take up the Vince McMahon mantle in the company. So I don't know what happened there, um, but- And and a lot of people people say like, oh, well, she was going to take a leave of absence anyway. Okay, so- she could have taken the leave of absence here. She has resigned from her role. Yeah. She's gone. She, this is no leave of absence. So that is like, in the, you know, that's a significant step above a leave of absence. And the timing is really suspicious. And, you know, I, I'm not Stephanie, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, especially since I don't know her. I don't know anyone who knows her, really. Uh, but I think it's weird. And having to watch your father... Uh, in you know, orchestrate a hostile takeover of a company that you spent your whole life learning how to run on your own after you have been running it successfully with your husband and Nick Khan, your co-CEO, for like six months. That stings. Like that, regardless of her feelings about it, whatever. Like Vince came in forcefully after being denied. And I think the board was right to deny him because there's a lot going on. And he's like, it's a lot. Um, And she had to sit there and watch it. So like, of course, I think there's, there's a lot of like emotion here with, and drama. It's a soap opera on WWE. It really is. We have a super chat from Hala. Go by WWE. This should be enough, right? No, but seriously, thanks for tolerating my golden lovers conspiracy theories every week. You two are great. Thank you. 
you oh, are thank you. great and we appreciate you being here and listening to us ramble about things like Vince McMahon <laughs> and we for like the longest time since all this news had started Haley and I have been kind of avoiding the topic of Vince McMahon on Tag Talk because we we don't want this to be a negative show where we just relive all these horrible things that are happening and we want this to be kind of a space where we can talk about wrestling uh, without you know business speak and all this annoying stuff but it's got to the point I think where it's difficult to talk about the current state of wrestling without mentioning what is going on in WWE because it's so impactful like it impacts AEW which in turn impacts Ring of Honor and New Japan and Impact and all these sort of things so it's very difficult to talk about this man being potentially back in his old role the WWE sale which and all these media rights negotiations and stuff. So thank you guys for sticking with us with this. <laughs> we really appreciate it. So I feel like we've spent enough time on Vince for today. Um, and we should move on to some other uh, things that were said and happened um, in the IWC this week. Like, you know, a certain street fight that happened. Which I didn't think it was going to be controversial. I really liked the match. I I enjoy hardcore matches. Um, I like women in hardcore matches. But, you know, this... Some people on Twitter just had their opinions, so... Yeah, so if you maybe don't know, basically on AW Rampage, uh, there was a street fight, a women's street fight. It was Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale against TJ, uh, Ty Mello and Anna Jay who had had the other street fight against um, Penelope and the Bunny, which was really good as well. And there's a lot of controversy on Twitter because Ruby Soho bladed, presumably. And it was, it was a lot of blood. It was very gory, which is a street fight. You should expect blood. Um, and there's a lot of discourse about, was this too much for Rampage? Was this too much for TV? Was Did she need to do this? Um, some people even saying some misogynistic things about it, like women shouldn't blade, women shouldn't bleed, blah, blah, blah. It was a great match. And my, in my opinion, I stayed out of it because I hadn't been on Twitter all day and I come back to see all these like hot takes. My opinion on it is, you know, people comparing it to Mox and CM Punk and Dustin Rhodes and all these other infamous, you know, crimson mask moments from AW. My opinion is, the women don't get those pay-per-view matches. They never have really an AEW. It's very easy to say, oh, this is not good for TV. But the thing is, that was the women's chance to show out. That was, it wasn't a match on Revolution. It wasn't a match on Double or Nothing. It was a match on Rampage. But for Ruby Soho, Willow, Ty Mello, and Anna Jay, that was their big match. That was the end of a blood feud that they had spent months working on. Yeah. You know, the Ruby Soho time mellow thing goes back to before All Out. Yeah. But blood and guts time. Yeah. So while this wasn't a pay-per-view match, it was on Rampage, this was the big match for them. So when you look at it that way, Ruby bleeding, it was important. It was a great part of the story. It was important, you know, especially all the callbacks to, you know, getting her nose broken and all that sort of things. So that's my opinion on it. I understand people saying it was it was it was on TV. It was too much, a little bit of blood maybe, but that was like too much. And I understand if you don't like blood in your matches, um, 
some people are squeamish like that, or they think it's unnecessary to cause people to bleed that much. I saw people saying, well, Ruby Soho is a hundred pounds. She shouldn't be bleeding that much on TV. It was a blood feud. You know, there was no, and it's Ruby Soho. She's not like some little girl who is, it's her first wrestling match and she's having the time of her life and she just wants to blade because she thinks it's cool. It's Ruby Soho. She's experienced. She's always been brutal. She's always been rough and tumble. That's just part of the match. It's a street fight. And Jackie brought up a good point as well. She said, uh, where'd it go? There it is. I hate that people say that they did this on a throwaway match when we don't have the luxury of throwing. Yes. Which is true. I mean, we only get one to two women's matches uh, on Rampage and Dynamite every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she said, we don't have the luxury of that. And this was their opportunity to show out. And they did. And it got people talking. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. People are still talking. And, you know, that's good for them. So, Yeah. And the way I see it, the women, you know, as far as stipulation matches go in AEW, especially in a tag situation, they don't get a lot of them, women in AEW. The men get, like, one a week, it seems. Um, so a women's street fight has to be just as, you know, insane, as hectic, as fun as a men's street fight. And I think back to, you know, that famous uh, Can You Make a Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho one that happened during the pandemic era and how crazy and wild that was. And I want, I want to make it clear that I don't think because it was on rampage and it was, you know, it was at night on a Friday and all this stuff. I don't think that the women should have had to hold themselves back in any way, regardless of when it airs on TV or what show it's on or whatever. This is still a match that is going to be talked about when we recap these women's careers down the line when they retire. So when you look at it that way, I think for Ty and Anna Jay having this reputation of being, you know, these insane street fighters is cool. And I think that's important for their careers. I think this was a career defining moment for Ruby Soho really put her through the paces, really tested her as a wrestler. And she came out on top. I think we'll be talking about this 15 years from now. And especially for Willow, too, because Willow in AEW has been this bubbly, sweet girl, which is her character. Um, but that's all we've ever seen her in AEW. She hasn't had anything like this. So for Willow to come in and match, you know, Ty Mello and Anna Jay, who are known in AEW for being these, you know, insane women, that was important. So I don't understand why, because it was on Rampage, because it wasn't a main event of Dynamite or it wasn't on a pay-per-view or whatever. I don't understand why we think that this shouldn't have happened. And I think it's a disservice to Rampage as well. Obviously, you know, regardless of the time and day that it's on. Um, What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yes, it doesn't do dynamite numbers or SmackDown or Raw or whatever. But at the same time, like they do have title matches on the show and they have um, a lot of career defining matches on Rampage as well. So uh, I fail to see what the problem is. This is just another match like that, you know? Yeah. It's another high stakes match. And, and I, I'm, 
I'm trying hard to see the other perspective because I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and there's are there are people, tons of people who don't like blood ever. They would say the same thing about the CM Punk Valhalla match, and that's fine because you're allowed. Wrestling is not um, a, homo- a homogenous thing; it's a variety thing, and I totally get it. And I think that's really, really important for the, the success of the industry. But I, I don't like the things I've I've seen about Anna Jay. I don't like the see- things I've seen about Willow, about Ruby, about Timelo. It's like this was a great match, and it was an important match because it's women's. They get they get they're getting an opportunity to tell a long term story. The Ruby So Ty Mello thing is one of the longest stories that we've had in the AW women's division, if you look at it, you know, from that angle. And they got a culmination of it, and it was a great match. So we should be celebrating that in AEW because the women's division is finally coming along and we're not getting stories dropped or cut off or cut short. We're getting like blood feuds to completely, you know, brought to fruition. So, you don't like blood. Cool. But that doesn't mean that you should find a way to turn this into some an- anti-blood you know, blood feud argument that AEW shouldn't have done this. The live crowd loved it. I think the women involved loved it. I, I support it 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, and before we move on, uh, Matt sent a super chat a while ago, so I wanted to read it. Um, he said, hi, Kylie and Haley. Happy Monday. And Steph gets surgery on her ankle when leaving. And the dirty old man is suggesting creative ideas. WTF. I think that's the whole motto of the beginning of this episode is just WTF. <laughs> um, also, Sean, just uh, Sean Rossap just tweeted, talent meeting at WWE Raw right now, hitting most of the same points as Friday. So I'm guessing that means Triple H is listening to Vince McMahon's suggestions, but he's still ultimately in charge the calm down meeting, so to speak. So we'll see. This week is going to be super interesting on a WWE front. Um, But anyway, back to what we were talking about earlier. I do hope Anna Jay is okay. She did take that rough bump, uh, missed missed the table. It happens. I don't think it was intentional. I think think the table was put in the wrong spot, which happens. We've seen worse things. Um, in the men's division, I've seen Nick Jackson, not in AW, I've seen Nick Jackson get thrown off a ladder, catch his foot on the rope, and smack his head straight onto the concrete. Um, so you don't have a street fight, a ladder match, um, no DQ, lights out, whatever have you, without that risk. So just, I hope Anna Jay is okay. She did great in the match. Speaking of... Nick Jackson. Should we pivot to the Elite? Yes. What a week they had. Man, this is a match. Kylie and I were super excited about it. It's the culmination of an incredible uh, Best of Seven series. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. All of the matches were great. Whatever. Um, I do wish that we would have seen a little bit more time delegated to it. I feel like there were some things on the show that could have been a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um but regardless, I think that the match was really good. Um, for me, I don't know if I liked uh, match six better, but I thought it was good. What did you think? I really loved this. Um, and I love the finish, especially because I think from here we can spin into our pack versus Lucha Bros feud. Yeah. 
which I think has been, you know, slowly building throughout the course of the series. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I like um, Kenny having to climb the ladder with his broken hands, his messed up hands. I thought that was a great little bit of storytelling because um, I think the hammer has played such an instrumental part in all these other matches and that no one has ever been able to overcome death triangle um, when they injure you. So I think that was really interesting. I, this best of seven to me is going to be difficult for anyone to ever top. Not that we get a lot of best of sevens in wrestling. Um, but I, to me, every match was different. It had its own vibe, its own, um, story, its own everything. And I really, really appreciated that. Not that I expected these six to have a boring best of seven, because these are six of the best wrestlers in the world, but I really did appreciate the attention paid to the details to make sure every match had its own distinct identity. And this one, I agree. It was shorter. I had tweeted. Um, I think we're about to get the shortest ladder match in history, which it was pretty short. Um, Cause even when we were watching the show, like we were down to like less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Left the show. And the Andresses take a long time because it's the elite and death triangle. And that's just what happens. I do think there were more than a few things on this show that could have been shortened or taken off but i don't want to dive into that too much uh i think it will be interesting to see what happens with the elite now because kenny is still uh u.s champ for new japan and he's also trios champ so belt collector's back uh i think the logical next step for the elite is house of black uh i think it's going to be cool to see how they set that up but i'm i don't know I'm saying this on January 16th, like there isn't like a month until revolution, but I would like to see them like hold, just calm down for a second. (laughs) I don't, I maybe, maybe that's just me uh, being overly cautious about injuries with the elites because I'm so terrified every time they're in the ring that someone's going to get injured. Uh, But I don't know. I guess house of black is the logical next step. Well, they're still tied up with, the whole like Eddie and Ortiz yeah. thing, though. So, I mean, if they could wrap it up in a logical amount of time, so that we could get the match at Revolution, I, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. I, I wouldn't. But I would love to see, especially because we're getting the Bucks and Top Flight on um, Dynamite. I would love to see uh, Air Fox and Top yeah. Flight have a title shot. I think that, that would be really sick. Yeah, and they have done a lot to build up Top Flight and AR Fox. I don't, I'm not sure if they have a trio's name yet. Maybe someone can tell us in the comments. Uh, they have done a lot to build them up, and I think they've given, especially AR Fox, they've given them a lot of time to really showcase what they can do and get the fans on their side, which is super important. I still think Dante has, be just because of the nature, he's been there longer than AR Fox, and he's had more in-ring time than Darius. <clears throat> Dante, to me, is very much... Um, the most over one of the trio, but top Fox, maybe it is top Fox. I don't know. I kind of like that. Tony Khan watching this, taking notes. Um, But anyway, I'm super excited about them. I I've always wanted, I think back to when Leo rush was in AEW and he was working with Dante. And I think Darius was still out an injury, but it would have been cool to see those three as a trio in AEW. but AR Fox uh, is so unique to me. So cool. I think he's really charismatic. I think he's great in the ring. And I wouldn't mind it, especially because um, the Elite were so... I don't remember when this match was, 
But it was after Darius had gotten injured the first time and Dante was kind of on his own and he was so young and so like green and, but it was the elite who got him over. They really let him showcase a lot of what he's capable of. Uh, and that let Dante really hold his own until Darius came back. So it'd be cool to revisit that. Yeah, I agree. Um, a couple of people in the chat are bringing up uh, the kingdom now that Adam Cole is back. And that was my thought at first. Um, I feel like especially with the way that Cole left um, beating down the Bucks, um, we never really got anything from that. But I think I think he's going to do a singles thing. I don't think that we're going to see the kingdom yet. <clears throat> so I think... I think people are so happy to see Adam Cole back and healthy. They have a great moment to do a pure babyface run mm -hmm. where Adam Cole hasn't really done. No, I mean, even in NXT, he was just kind of like in between. He was a tweener. Um, so we, we pure babyface Adam Cole would be very fun in AEW. I would love to see that, especially because the fans are so behind him, especially after that promo. And if you put him with the kingdom against the elite, you can't really do that because the kingdom already heals. I uh, I would love to see Adam Cole against like Swerve. I think mm -hmm. that would be fun. Just like a short little program for Revolution, just to get him back in the swing of things, um, back working, you know, cutting promos, all that sort of stuff. AEW doesn't have a lot of heels though, so I think eventually you're gonna have to turn him heel again. I don't think I don't think Adam Cole can live out the rest of his AEW days. As a babyface, he's just so effective as a heel. He turned heel on the Young Bucks. We have to come back to that at some point. But I think for now, we can really enjoy this like organic love and appreciation for Adam Cole because fans almost didn't get to see him again. Like This was a very serious injury. I think it was a lot serious, more serious than a lot of us thought. I hope. I wish for nothing but the best for Adam Cole. And I can't wait until the day that we see gold on him in AEW. I also um Kyle O'Reilly, not to like harp oh, on injuries. Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly is still out, and I'm not sure. I I don't know when we're gonna see him again. All like all the love to Kyle O'Reilly. I I'm worried about him. Um, and Bobby Fish is still gone because he's Bobby Fish. What's whatever. <laughs> Kyle says, left field pick. The firm of Paige, Hardy, Cassidy. Matt so close to being broken again, and Paige losing a title shot could push him over the edge. Plus, the elite brought Matt in in the first place. Hmm. I mean, you could do that. The only yeah. thing I'm, I'm worried about with um, Matt Hardy is... I think broken Matt could get over because AEW is in these new markets, and these fans are rabid. AEW has had weeks of great crowds because they've never been to an AEW show in their hometown, at least. So broken Matt getting over is like a no-brainer. Um, my thing is, I would love to see Paige destroy Matt Hardy to get him there. I would love to see Ethan Page go on an absolute tear and really be built up to challenge Darby again. So. I'm not sure how we get there with trios. I mean, maybe they lose. Um, they lose a title shot. I don't know. Where does Cassidy fit in there then? I don't know. But I like the idea, Kyle. We just need to workshop it. <laughs> a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Also, everyone in the chat saying, where's the lie? But folks, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Robert Fishman. Oh, my God. Super chat from Cal. Hi, first time here. I'm loving the vibe already. Keep up the great work to the both of you. That means the world to us. We love when you guys like our vibes because we really, we have like a good little community here of fans and we just love you guys a lot. Yes. And Kate. We love Kate. Tag Um, talk. Beanie Babes edition. Listen, (laughs) I, my hair is a wreck and- Haley and I, we were both going to put on hats because our hair's a wreck, and it just so happens that we both have gray beanies. But you know what, Kate? We love you. Everyone should go follow Kate on Twitter and watch everything Kate does because she is, like, the best ever. She passed her uh, 69-69 goal, but, you know, still follow her anyway. We love Mama Kate. How close is she to the next 69? Let's see. (laughs) Kate? Let's see. So she's at 6,731. So 69 minus 31 is 38. So we need 38 people to go follow her. We have 38 people watching right now. So you know what? Everyone. Okay, <laughs> go follow her right now. We are all elite, the Beanie Babes. Um, Let's see. I don't want the House of Black losing to the elite after just coming back. Yeah, uh, I think well, that when we have that match, the logical result would be the House of Black winning. I don't want to give too many spoilers. Um, I filmed something with Caden for Fightful Overbooked where we were booking. Um, I don't even know if Caden. Ha- I don't even know if I can talk about this. I don't know if Caden. I'm stealing his thunder announcing his show. And he's not even but, here. Don't do he's that. Not even here. <laughs> <laughs> to my show. And I was. I was his first guest on his show. But anyway, I I had said that I thought it would be interesting to not do the House of Black match at Revolution do someone else top flight and air fox whatever and spend april and may and i guess march too really building the house of black working their way up the trios division to the elite and really see that tension there because i think at double or nothing it would be fun to do the house of black match and do something to get hangman back in there uh and reunite the elite uh i'm not sure i'm not sure what you would do but i think this double or nothing with the momentum AEW has, uh, this could be like the best double or nothing season, like mania season. It's double or nothing season. This could be the best one they've had. And I think a lot of it is sent should be centered on the elite as the long-term story that began before AEW began. So that's just my thoughts. Big elephant in the room, CMFTR. Uh, You know, I, I thought it was weird when Dax said on his podcast that FTR is going to take a few months off and come back in April and figure out what they're going to do. Because are they going to be in AW? Are they going to go to WWE? Like, where where are they at? Uh, I thought that was weird. Uh, not that it isn't happening, but I think I think it's a little... How do I say this without sounding like I'm... I think CM Punk is definitely still in wrestling. I think he, I think being back in wrestling and the reactions he got and the relationship he had with fans and the cool stories he could tell, especially the MJF thing, I think that was important to him. I think it was a lot more important to him than people think. Whether CM Punk comes back to AEW, I don't know. I think everyone involved from CM Punk to Tony Khan to the elite are too 
I think they're mature businessmen. I think they can do business with each other. That's just my opinion. Uh, whether that means CM Punk comes back with FTR and immediately jumps in with the Elite, I have no clue. I almost feel like it would be cool to have CM Punk come back, jump into something else. Like, you could put him anywhere. I don't know where you would fit him. And just kind of exist alongside the Elite, separate from each other. And let that the speculation really build and build and build until we get a big confrontation. I almost feel like that would be better. But then again, I don't know where FTR stands. I think CM Punk and FTR coming back to AEW is like such a wild card. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Dax was like really injured in the um, Briscoes match. I, I don't know where his future in wrestling stands. Like they're they're. And I, I, it's so weird because it's so dependent to me on what happens with WWE. Yeah. Because Vince McMahon is not a tag team wrestling guy and FTR are like tag team wrestling historians and aficionados and all, all those things. Tag, tag team wrestling activists. Um, so I don't know. It's like so weird. But like I feel like that's part of the appeal. Like we're all going to be sitting here until April being like, What's FTR going to do? What's CM Punk going to do? He's going to keep posting pictures of his dog and pictures of him lifting weights. I guess, <laughs> I'm guessing his tricep the is like... beanie and all of the like, beanie. W-teases. CM Punk is a hooker. Um, maybe he comes back <laughs> and he fights Hook. Maybe that would be fun. Ooh. It's Hook's year. I think they're really trying hard to get Hook over as like a rigid main event guy. Uh, that would be a good feud, CM Punk and Hook. Um, was it... But... I think the tricep is doing better. I think CM Punk is like working. So I don't know. Wherever he, whatever happens, I want Larry to come. I miss Larry. When he, when Larry came out at All Out and Punk was chasing him around the ring, I was literally sobbing in my seat. <laughs> the way, the way I was at All Out and I knew Haley was there, but I didn't know where she was. <laughs> And I kept calling her and calling her and calling her, but I got no signal and I was so sad. Because she decided last second she didn't want to sit with me and she bought floor seats so that she could see Kenny and the Elite. And I don't blame her. Well, but listen. I myself. <laughs> Everyone go to my TikTok. I have a TikTok. I made a, a thirst trap of a video I had of CM Punk beating up John Moxley right next to me. So go see that. Also, I say this a lot, but I think... People think I'm a CM Punk hater. I love that man. I love CM Punk. I'm going to be straight up honest about it. I love CM Punk and I love Kenny Omega. And if we could get CM Punk versus Kenny Omega at All Out, that would be in- insane. Listen, I would be front row. I'd buy Tony Khan, if you're watching, I know you watch me, Tony Khan, because you do everything I say to do and it's a little weird. Uh, do it. <laughs> I like this idea. The Elite versus Dalton Castle and the Boys. Yes, I love Dalton Castle and the Boys. The thing about Dalton Castle is, uh, I feel like a lot of AEW fans didn't know who he was, which is weird to me because how do you know the Young Bucks? You don't know Dalton Castle and the Boys. I know, but the first time he was in AEW, a lot of people were tweeting that they didn't know who he was, and now like he comes out and he gets great reactions. And I love that one, the entrance um, that Dalton and the Boys had. I think when they were still champs. Um, but they just looked like stars. And I go back and I watch that entrance all the time. I love it so much. 
Uh, Chris said, when do we get the official tag talk beanies? Listen, I would love that. I'd buy one. I'd buy one. We... Is this the part where I bring up my uh, my idea that I had for your birthday present? No, maybe I keep it to myself. <laughs> Is it something with Tegasi? Because I swear. <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. We've coined the phrase Tegasi. And people are stealing it and co-opting it. If you guys didn't see that during Wrestle Kingdom, I was very delirious. and I had We were very tired. I made a joke about FTR. And there are Tegasis. I don't know. <laughs> I blame Jeremy for spreading it everywhere. Jeremy and Cassidy. But it's whatever. It's whatever. It's whatever. Heat between Kylie and Haley? We could never. Haley and I have never had a legit fight. Not yet. That's, that's a shoot. And I don't think we I would. Just, I think we would just cry. We'd be really. I think I'd be like, oh my God, Haley's mad at me. And I'd cry. I would cry too. Uh, Collins. Oh, I love Collins. We love you so much. Oh, we love the Pro Wrestling Podcast as well. We really are generating a lot of money to buy WWE. You know what? And look, I'm hosting. That's why. I'm getting... <laughs> I'm the draw as the host. You know? the draw. People love her hosting style. <laughs> Thanks, oh. guys. We still have Tagusi. Speaking of Tagusi... Let's talk about Jungle Hook and the massive draw that they are. Listen, did you what see that? the did you see the demo rating? Yeah, 455,000 people 18 to 49 tuned in for Jungle Hook. Yeah. Two, that cannot be a one time only. No, and I and I've said that. I think maybe it was like a test, but like listen, it paid off. I want Jungle Hook as a tag team. I want Jungle Hook mugs, hats, shirts, pants. I don't care. A sign. Give it all to me. I want I want a Jungle Hook tag run. I, I want Jungle Hook everything. <laughs> I The match was really great, of course, because it's Hook and Jungle Boy. How is it going to be bad? They're talented. Their synergy, like, as a team, though, was so unexpected. Like, their vibe. Because Jungle Boy and Hook are two, like, totally different um, characters. But I guess I didn't account for Jungle Boy's reboot as leather jacket, anti-Christian cage guy. Um, but I, I, I really liked it. And I, if it's one time only, which I hope it was not one time only because it was a lot. And the, the fact that they're a massive draw, I mean, you kind of have to, I would like to see hook kind of fight for it though. And be like, it can't be one time only. Like, this is the only thing I've ever cared about. It'd be <laughs> funny if we did that, to be honest. Um, I feel like because we didn't get the payoff from Hookhausen, that, like, I just want Hook in a tag team so bad now. Like, <laughs> Hookhausen. No. Hook, Dan Housen just came out with this bag of teeth, and I guess that was the breakup. So sad. I miss Hookhausen so much. It would be really funny to see Jungle Boy and Danhausen have a feud over custody of Hook. Hook? <laughs> like the Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio Somebody custody of Ladder match. Please Photoshop that. Please. And tag Someone do it. it. Someone in this chat is talented enough to do that. <laughs> it that was billed as one time only, okay. Brian. Um, but to me, like, we can do a workaround that because it's kayfabe. 
and you could just figure out a way to get them back together. I think Jungle Hook is a lot more popular than a lot of things in AEW. Cough, cough, Jeff Jarrett. So I think it'd be fun. Jungle Hook versus the Acclaimed. That'd be so much fun. It would be. Can you imagine Bowens and Hook going at it in the ring? I love Great it. Great in-ring stuff. You could have Max Caster and Jungle Boy looking cool. <laughs> and speaking of Hook, he was incredible in this match. Um, yeah. And he always is in-ring, but he's re- he really impressed me here. Um, especially with the Big Bill stuff. I just, I love when, like, smaller guys go up against, like, big, like, mammoth men. <laughs> especially Big Bill. Lanky, <laughs> Slenderman-looking man. <laughs> I am not a Big Bill hater, but I'm not a Big Bill lover. And he 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 gives me Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. <laughs> it was in that. So bad. No, you're not. Best friends versus the acclaimed. Uh, I'm glad best friends didn't break up and that they were reunited this week as like a unit. I loved that. I was very scared for a sec. Yeah. Collins, who has the best mullet in wrestling? Cash Wheeler. Yeah. I FTR would that. hair. <laughs> Not FTR bald. No, FTR bald. Here's the thing about Dax. Is he legit bald or does he shave it? Does anyone know? Could we have two FTR hairs and we're being deprived? <laughs> I don't know. Who else has a mullet? I can't think of anybody. I think I'm just so, like, blinded by the beauty of Cash Wheeler's mullet. I wish we could have Jungle Hook come out to the Bare Necessities as their theme. I don't care about the Disney copyright. I want it. I would love Tony Khan, if you're watching, the Bare Necessities is such a bop, though. Oh, everyone think Brian Pillman Jr. Do not bring that man up. Oh. Your chat. Oh. The way it was, like, ten messages at once. <laughs> Mullen is not good, first of all. Second of all, I I don't hate Brian Pullman. Dominic. I love Dominic. I don't care. Whoa. (laughs) I've never heard that in my life. He interests me. I don't know. Anyway. But back to just Becky. What were we talking about? Um, We're talking about Jungle Hook and how incredible they were. I... I do, like I said earlier, I think this is Hook's year. I think this is the year where they really like go in and you know, he had his rookie year, it was great, he won awards, all the things. Um, I think this is the year like elevating the next gen of <laughs> of pillars. Um, so I think Ricky, I think Hook, um, Lee Moriarty, all those guys. Um, but I jungle hook. Like I'm not ready to let it go. And maybe I'm selfish. No, not but, at all. And I don't know when Christian Cage is coming back from his injury because I really haven't been keeping track. But maybe someone else knows. But I presume when he comes back, Jungle Boy, they're gonna finish the thing. But until then, let Jungle Hook run wild. Let him have some fun matches. Like, what's the holdup? Mike Bailey is the winner. Good call. Jack oh, Holden. yeah. You know what? Mike Bailey. Indie Wrestler of the Year and Mullet of the Year. There we go. There's a few people in the chat who keep bringing up the ass boys. <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> I've avoided putting it up because 
if you watch Tag Talk, you know how Kylie feels about the ass boys. <laughs> I, as people, they're they're funny. I've I've had the great pleasure of meeting them a few times. They're polite boys. Their dad raised them well. All the things, but I think I think Austin Gunn is better than Colton. I'll say that, but. I don't like their little gimmick as annoying little idiots, annoying little frat boys. Um, in the ring, they're fine. I I do I did pop when they came out and they accused the acclaimed of stealing their dad. I thought that was funny. Like you stole our dad, and we're very mad about it. Of course, you're gonna be mad about it. They stole your dad, but your dad isn't mad about it because he didn't want you in the first place. But. I would like to see the guns do something that isn't with the acclaimed. Uh, you could put the guns, put them. You could put them with Jungle Hook. You could put them with Top Flight. You could put them with you could not Private Party because um, Marquen is out, but you could put them with um, 2.0 from Jericho Appreciation Society, like something fresh and new, and really get some like meat on the bones of their like gimmick because they've been mixed up. With the acclaimed and with FTR and like all this weird stuff for so long, it's like there's no substance there to me, and they really need to like build it. So yeah, I, I don't know where they, the acclaimed story goes. I think that they have a lot of potential, but like you said, I think that they just need something fresh to help kind of broaden their horizons a bit. Yeah, and I will say, uh, Austin Gunn in particular has really impressed me promo wise. Um, I think back to like the pandemic days where he was just that one dude in the crowd and people would just make memes about him and laugh and whatever. So the fact that he has so much personality on the mic, I'm really impressed with, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of over it. It's, it's very, and I hate to, you know, say this, it's very WWE in a lot of ways. And maybe that's the point. Maybe it's supposed to give me NXT 2.0 energy. Uh, I just, I think they're capable of a lot more. Maybe that's, like, my final thoughts on the Gun Boys. I think they're capable of more. I agree. So before we switch off from talking about AEW, we did have one more thing happen. And oh, Caden's finally here. Oh, there he is. Can we spill the tea now? Caden, I, I was going to literally tell them, I was going to promote your show. But then I was like, oh, I can't steal Cadence Thunder and you talk about like, show. Really exclusive, you know. But I but like I was gonna talk about things I had said on your show. Um so but whatever, Gun Club or Uncle Howdy, Gun Club, Uncle Howdy sucks. <laughs> I, I am so over Bray Wyatt, and I don't want to like divert too much from where Haley was going. But why is it taking so long? I know. Who is Uncle Howdy, first of all? And he's like Bray Wyatt's friend, but then he's like, just kidding. I'm actually not your friend, but I'm going to laugh about it all the time. And why is LA Knight carrying a feud with Bray Wyatt? Someone let me know. It's not Powerade. <laughs> it's water. water. It has to be the same thing. I had I, my forbidden Powerade. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> so back to what I was saying. Yeah, sorry. Um, this is okay. Uh, we did have one more tag match that happened. Um, the long-awaited tag match with 
uh, Soraya and Tony and Jamie and Brett. We did not see Mercedes. We didn't see anybody. It it was a good tag match. It went off without a hitch. Um, I enjoyed it. I think that the crowd was a little bit deflated. And yeah. I think that people on Twitter and their expectations overshadowed how good this match was. Um, especially for Soraya. She's getting a lot more comfortable in the ring again. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was great. Uh, but I do think that it got overshadowed by all of the Mercedes chatter. I definitely agree. And pe- people have like different opinions on this. I personally think AEW was a little too heavy handed with the teasing Mercedes. If she- they didn't have her locked down. I was not a fan. Like, sorry. Like we looking did. back uh, to the Britt Baker wink, like that was too much to me. Uh, Soraya talking on her stream about, you know, her friends are coming. She gave away the two tickets. That was a little too much to me. I would rather she just not said anything at all. The match was great. I'm upset that Sheeta's story now, Sheeta finally getting, you know, a main event story on Dynamite. That is being overshadowed by the Mercedes discourse. That's upsetting because Sheeta has been gone from, like, you know, that her prime her for a long time Sheeta was the AW women's division mm-hmm. while Britt Baker like got herself situated and whatever. Um I'm upset that that happened. I think the Sheeta story has the potential to be massive because of everyone that's involved. Like these five, Tony, uh Soraya, Sheeta, Britt, and Jamie, that is those are like the pillars of the women's division. I hate the word pillars, but there's no other word to use. Um that is the women's division for right now. And I hate that they're all kind of in a place now where they're burdened by this like Mercedes thing. And AW didn't say Mercedes was going to be there. Like that was you speculating, whatever. But I do think AW didn't do enough to manage expectations because six weeks ago or more now, when they announced the match, the immediate thing was it's Mercedes. It's Sasha Banks. It's got to be Sasha Banks. It has to be because it's they're announcing it so far in advance. Like people are going to speculate, whatever. And AW didn't do anything for weeks to, you know, temper that expectation. And I'm annoyed by that. I will say I'm really annoyed by that. I think that Tony tried his best to get Mercedes at the time. And we're not going to know if he did or didn't. But I think with the relationship between new japan and AEW. um i think that tony probably wanted to honor having her first match in japan and not have her on um AEW right now and that's fair but like for me at least i think back to cm punk's thing where they sold out the united center for a rampage and Kenny Omega wearing a t-shirt as a subtle hint and like weird language and promos as hints from other people. And they sold it to the United Center and they delivered CM Punk. Yeah. And to me, if Tony knew he couldn't negotiate with Sasha Banks until the first of the year, and he's announcing this in December, the beginning of December, I think, you know, over a month of build, I feel like you should have built this as Soraya versus Jamie Hayter from the start. Mm-hmm. And then, Mercedes doesn't have to wrestle. She could be a surprise run-in. You didn't need to set this up as a mystery tag team partner thing. There's so many ways that they could have done this. 
And because if the first of the year comes around and you can't get Mercedes because, you know, she has this big New Japan match with Kyrie, which that should be her debut. I'm not saying it shouldn't. AEW didn't do enough here to um, keep people from being disappointed, in my opinion. And AEW, the trust between Tony Khan and the fans is so important to AEW's success. And I hate, hate, hate to see people doubting Tony Khan because of something like this. Because I do like when we all are, are talking about surprises and we're like getting excited about it. But now it feels like, oh, but it's probably just going to be this thing. It's probably just going to be Tony Storm, which she's a great wrestler, but come on. And it, it gives, it gives, it's Vince McMahon. And I hate to come back to WWE, but this is something WWE would do. That's something they did with Mercedes. They booked, they built her until the show started. Yeah. I, I, I do think that Tony fumbled the bag um, with expectations as far as Mercedes goes. Um, yeah. And I don't think that the match should have continued as a tag match. Um, but regardless, it happened and I thought that it was good. So, <laughs> Oh, it was a great match. I mean, these four couldn't have a bad match. No. They're all super, super talented. I'm really excited about Jamie as champion because she's still getting great reactions. And I love that because we have basically all AW originals as champs. And I love that people are still into Jamie, even though she won the belt, because I had tweeted this. It really does feel like people, a champ wins, no matter how over they are, people are already like, okay, when are they dropping the belt? Who are they dropping it to? And nobody really lives in the moment of their title run. And the acclaimed and Jamie Hayter are really proving that wrong. And I love that AEW fans are finally like getting over this. I have to fantasy book and micromanage for the next six months because that's what Tony Khan does. And I want to know exactly what's going to happen in AEW at every second of the day. I love that. And I love Jamie. I, she's having the run of her life. And I'm so, she's with these, these, this group. She's with this group. Who would have thought? Caden, now you know I'm hosting, and I have the capability of clicking these three little dots and banning you. <laughs> Please reconsider. So Caden says, Soraya isn't doing it for me, to be honest. She took a long time to warm up, um, which is completely fair because, hello, she thought she was never going to wrestle again. Yeah. Um, I think people are holding her to a standard that is too high. Uh, I think people's expectations are too high. I think we just need to appreciate and be grateful that Soraya can get into a ring and wrestle and tell the story and have fun. Exactly. Caden's about to be kadam. Oh, you better read my Dom Super Chat. I did not see it, so let me go back. Oh, Haley's going to go back and get Super Chats. I think this is the only one I missed. Dom Mysterio is the GOAT. Dom, 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 Dom. Okay. Dom Mysterio sucks. <laughs> I Dominic Mysterio has not progressed as a wrestler Ooh. since he came in. Um, he he is burdened by the Mysterio name. I'll say that. I think people um, I think people think he's like going to come into the ring and be Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Um, the Rhea stuff is fun, but it isn't like Dom Mysterio is the one being funny. It's the fact that he's being abused by Rhea Ripley that is funny. He is not the wrestler his dad is, and I don't expect him to be because he's, you know, younger and whatever. Um, 
but he's not funny. The fact that he is a dork and we're all laughing at him and bullying him online, that's funny. Yeah. It's not Don Mysterio. People think Don Mysterio is this like he just prodigy of wrestling and he this story with Rhea Ripley is like game changing. All he does is sit there and go, hi mommy. <laughs> like he's a prison legend. No, he's not. He he is what happens when a frat boy spends the weekend in the drunk tank and thinks he's hard. <laughs> Don Mysterio sucks. His story is a is with Rhea Ripley is funny. But it's because of Rhea Ripley. Don't get it twisted. End up. All right. <laughs> That's my rant. About, I, I don't get to talk about Dominic Mysterio enough. And I think back to how good he was in the custody of Dominic Mysterio ladder match. As a little boy, he was like so convincing that he was definitely afraid that Eddie Guerrero was his dad. I loved it. But anyway, um, Motor City Machine Guns in GCW. Yes. Um, GCW announced yesterday that the Motor City Machine Guns were making their debut at the Showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey in March. I am tossing around the idea of going just for this. I can't lie. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be great. I think that GCW has been quietly building like a, a super good um, set of tag teams i can't really call it a division they don't really have divisions i guess outside of like death match (laughs) um but i think i don't know i'm just excited um i wonder if we're gonna see nick wayne and jordan oliver here i wouldn't be mad at that i would love that yeah i'm i'm really excited about this i like to see motor city machine guns getting the reception they did when this was announced because I think when they had their forbidden it was forbidden door the match uh, the trios with FTR right yeah people were really excited about that and I think a lot of people expected that Motor City would be around AW a lot more and they weren't um I'm glad that people haven't forgotten about Motor City though I like that when they get announced for something they still get a great pop from people I think they're still super talented. I think they're really, really underrated, too. I love that the chat is still talking about Dominic Mysterio. Love that for us. Um, I was just thinking that. um, And I think Motor City and GCW, it's almost like a natural fit. Like, if you think back to Motor City in the indies, like PWG, they are very much, I think they're pioneers of that style, like that indie stuff, along with the Young Bucks. I think... Mm -hmm. That's <clears throat> super important. Um, the six man was at all out. Thank you. Um, and I would like to see them in GCW more, but I also think if we get to a point where we don't get Motor City versus FTR and Motor City versus Young Bucks, wherever it ends up being, I don't care. I feel like we need to go back and really relive those. Um, But GCW getting Motor City Machine Guns and putting them on the show is super cool because GCW has been in a slump. Whether people want to acknowledge it or not, I know it's controversial. They have been. So this is fun. I'm I'm always into people making surprise appearances. Me too. And I feel like there's a lot of options for teams that um, they could go up against here. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm just excited. Um, I feel like, like I said, GCW um, has been building like a really good repertoire of tag teams. Sorry, guys. I'm like ha- half asleep. So sorry that that just came out like. <laughs> You're fine. Anyway, like I said, I feel like they're building a good repertoire of um, tag teams. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, Motor City Machine Guns versus SGC. Um, I mean, any combination of any of their teams, like, I would not be mad at. Um, but I'm excited to see where that goes. And the uh, they haven't announced the card for it yet. But, I mean, Drew Parker's going to be there. Rena's going to be there. I think Maki Ito is going to be there. I think um, so. So, I mean, it's building up to be a really good show. So, Yeah, and I think... SGC got snubbed in a lot of like the end of year tag team awards, I think, at least in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, so I think this year they're really going to go on a tear and I'm super excited for it. I think SGC, it would be fun. And maybe this is like me just wanting the entire world to get rid of forbidden doors and like where everyone works with everyone. It would be fun to see more dream matches with SGC because there's a lot of matches I would really like to see and I can't see just because they're not signed anywhere and they just they wrestle in GCW and they wrestle in the indies so that would be fun I think Motor City is like a lot of the same ways I think um Motor City is a lot left on the table I guess is my conclusion on that and it's weird because they've been around for ages but they do have a lot left on the table I agree so we're over an hour um but should we do our final thoughts and plugs and things yeah well i get to do my final thoughts first because i'm not the host <laughs> um my final thoughts are that this week was wild and stressful and twitter was kind of um a graveyard i think a lot of people were very disappointed and in a lot of things and um sad and angry and all the things Um, I think this week is going to be a lot better. I think there's a lot of great wrestling this week. I think regardless of what Vince McMahon decides to do, where he is, I think we can, I think we should all just like stop fighting on Twitter with each other about Vince McMahon. You're going to fight about a billionaire. It's not worth it. Um, And also I think Ruby Soho, everyone should give Ruby Soho an apology if he said something bad to her. Oh, well, there's a super chat. Also, all super chats go to Fightful Overbook's plan to buy WWE. So make sure you get super chats in before we're off the air. Yeah, totally unrelated. You guys want to play some Switch games? LOL. Yes. I would love to, but I don't own a Switch. Should I buy a Switch? You should so we can play Mario Kart. True. I do love me some Mario. I do have a Switch. I I will play Switch games. Um, I'm not a big gamer, though. I, w- I was not allowed to play video games as a child because um, my parents thought they would make me stupid. But I'm catching up. And I'm really learning a lot about video games. And so you're not stupid, so... I'm not stupid. Maybe it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, get your super chats in. But yeah. anyway, if you guys want to play Switch games, I'll figure it out on Twitter how we can do that. Um... Anyway, my final thoughts. Um, wrestling is weird. It's chaotic. But I like... I've had a lot of positive interactions this week with people. I think... 
I think in a weird way, as disappointing as it is, the Vince McMahon and Saudi Arabia thing has brought people together. <laughs> as as wild and crazy and unexpected as it is, I think a lot of people are really like bearing the hatchet and building bridges. And I like to see it. And I hope we keep that going. Even no matter what happens with WWE, who it gets sold to, where it ends up on TV, where's Vince McMahon, where's Triple H, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we we just have to we just have to accept it. I'm I'm done worrying about it. Maybe that's my thing. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that that's fair. Um, um, me, I'm gonna pull a Tony Khan. Ooh. Tony, please don't sue me for saying this phrase, okay. but you know he once coined "watch your wrestling." And I'm also just going to say, watch your wrestling. Watch whatever you like. If you like spot tag matches, then watch those. If you like blood and death matches and hardcore matches, watch those. If you don't, that's okay. Watch whatever you like. Those are my final thoughts. <laughs> I I loved your final thoughts. I thought it was very profound. Um, also, Young Bucks versus Top Flight is this week. And I expect everyone to watch it. And come in ready next week to Tag Talk with your review. That's yeah. your homework, okay? I, I do think this will be the third match, so we're getting a lovely trilogy. I do think that we're going to see Top Flight come out of that as winners. At least I hope so. Um, I would love that, and I think that they deserve the world. I really do. And I hope um, when Marquette is, re- is ready and better and whatever that we get Private Party Young Bucks again. But I'll do my plugs you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there, everywhere I'm showing up. I live tweet things. I post controversial things. I post hot takes. Um, if, you, if you're into that, like follow me on Twitter, whatever. Um, it's so hard not to go into the Fightful Overbooked plug right now. <laughs> um, That's what today. Tag Talk is every week, Monday at 3 p.m. We're live. Um, we are building a fund to buy WWE. Come ready with your super chats for that. Um, we're gonna save WWE guys one super chat at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. also, romanticized wrestling, we are kickstarting it again. Me and Kyle filmed, and I, ha- I have to upload it still. I forgot it was supposed to go up today. Sorry. Um, we did a pitches and goals for Ring of Honor in 2023, uh, special, a little romantics thing. So follow at Romantic Wrestle for that. Subscribe to Romanticized Wrestling. Follow me or follow Kyle at Kyle K Sparks for everything about that. It was such a fun episode. I did a lot of creative pitches. Kyle did a lot of business pitches. So you're getting both sides. It's fun. Um, I think everything else is a fight from overbooked pitch. So Haley's turn. All right. This is my first time doing this. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Haley and underscore. I also have a sub stack, The Wrestling Muse, which you can check out and subscribe to. It's free. I have a couple things that I'm working on right now. So in the next like week or two, I should have a couple pieces up. Uh, what else? Oh, I am also a writer and editor over at Nerds and Beyond. Um, if you guys are into nerdy things and wrestling things, I'm your girl. Check me out there. Um, and I think those are all my plugs. So... Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. We have a lot of amazing content on this channel. A lot of amazing things coming that we can't talk about with some shows. Um, But subscribe and you will see all of that when that gets uploaded. Um, And comment. Like this video. Let us know your thoughts on this week in wrestling. 
and yeah, and go go watch other shows and super yeah. chat because every super chat goes to the fund to save WWE. Yes, every super chat is one share in WWE. Yes, there's a lot of amazing content on Fightful Overbook, so you guys should support everything on this channel, not just Ted Talk. Yes, um, but I think I hit everything right. You're the queen of the Fightful plugs, so you gotta let me know. I think you hit everything. It was, a, it was This was a good show. It was a long show. Yeah. But I think this is a good show. And Haley did a great job hosting. So everyone send Haley your love. It, <laughs> the circumstances came upon us fast. I wasn't able to host. It was not going to happen. So Haley really stepped in. Uh, Haley doesn't like to do things like this. But she took one for the team. And I'm proud of her. So send her love. Listen, I really threw myself into, like, the alligators. You know? I don't know what that was. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to stop talking before I continue rambling, but thank you guys so much for watching. Um, we love and appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you next week. And I won't be hosting, so... Back to me. <laughs> Bye, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.